Welcome to episode four of Button Key Games Cast. I'm Jordan, and this is Evan, and we're here to uh, have a beer and talk about some games. Jordan, I took your advice from last week. What was that? Uh, it wasn't really advice, more of you had a a beer that I am very fond of. So this week I am enjoying myself a Vienna lager. Mm. I, uh, I'm getting a little adventurous this week, trying something uh-huh. I've, I've never uh-huh. had before, nor have I heard of. It is O'Connor El Huapo Agave IPA. Uh, I've been to O'Connor. They are a great brewery. Yeah. You said it was an IPA? Yes. Are you a big fan of IPAs? I have mixed reviews. Like on IPA in general or just certain beers? IPA in general. I I have not given them a fair chance is the truth of the matter. But um, there there are some that are good and some I just don't like. I mean, obviously, they're a little hoppier. Oh, for sure. Then your um, white ale or something like that. Um, I learned. I learned why they were called IPAs the other day. Oh yeah, tell me about it. So when uh, Britain was in India fairly heavily, they wanted to ship alcohol from Britain to India. The problem being that the alcohol wouldn't last the trip. Mm. So they would pack the barrels with a lot of hops. So it's pretty much like still getting made on the way over there and the hops preserve it. So when it got there, it was really bitter and really hoppy, but it was good. So you could actually still drink it because it was preserved by the hops. Interesting. So thus they call it an India pale ale. Mm. So they're not my favorite. A lot of people love them, um, but I, I can enjoy one every now and then. I love an IPA. I don't think I've had one on the show yet. Uh, I'm probably going to change that soon with a good old Stone IPA. One of my favorite. Very classic IPA. Yeah. But that is a tale for another day. Jordan, you did something pretty big this week, quote unquote. You went out and you purchased yourself a Nintendo Switch. I did purchase a Nintendo Switch. A Switch. I did. What? What on earth caused you to want to go buy a Nintendo Switch? Well, it's funny you ask that question because I've only been talking about why for the past, what, f- three episodes? If that is the number of episodes we're at, so yes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of good stuff coming, and I I missed my Switch. Uh, there was a few games I didn't get to play because I got rid of it Yeah. Um, to upgrade my PC. And I didn't regret it for a while, but just with all this new Nintendo news, I just got caught up in the hype and pulled the trigger. Uh, what what games did you purchase uh, that you didn't have in the sabbatical of missing your Switch? So far, I've purchased two games. Um, and I have a lot on my list of things to get through, but I have played a lot of Dead Cells this week, which I know mm. I could have played that elsewhere. Dead Cells. But, um, it seemed switch appropriate and um i also purchased uh mario rabbids kingdom battle or is it mario plus rabbids i never really mario plus rabbids kingdom battle yeah i never knew if you're supposed to say the plus or not 
Uh, I, don't, I don't know if it's official or not. Did that come with the, the Donkey Kong DLC or is it just vanilla Kingdom Battle? I just got um, vanilla, I believe. It was actually on sale for $19 on the eShop. So oh, that's I a, snatched oh, it. Oh, yeah. Take that deal every day. Yeah. Pretty good. So you've, you've been enjoying your Switch? Yeah, absolutely. It's pretty much all I've done this week is play Dead Cells. How's it running on Switch now? I heard that the Switch version of Dead Cells was having some frame rate trouble. Runs great. I haven't noticed any problems. Um, I haven't gotten... So I've... I say that's all I've played this week. I haven't had a lot of time to play anything this week. Um, I I beat I got far enough to beat the first boss. Um, so I don't know how many bosses there are, how far that really is. I beat the boss and died not too long after that. But um, that's up to that point. It ran great. That's that's awesome. I'm glad you're enjoying yourself. Dead Cells is a heck of a game. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, I purchased Trials Rising this week on the Xbox One X. It's also available on pretty much every other modern console, Switch, PS4, PC. I am a big fan of Trials. I love Trials since Trials HD, which I believe came out for a Summer of Arcade promotion. You remember those old promotions that xbox used to do where they released like four really big xbox live arcade games like one every week uh for a month Mm. uh trials hd was one of those games and i immediately fell in love with it and then trials evolution was the follow-up i loved that one as well and then it just kind of started to falter on the core aspects of what made trials good. And it started adding a lot of fluff on top of it. Yeah. And I feel like it lost some of its originality on the way it got into trials fusion, which was like a future, uh, aesthetic and it felt really sterile and it added a trick system that was really just something that got in the way of what you wanted to do in those games, which is just, get your motorcycle across crazy obstacles to get to the end of the level. And then they, they made a what very do you mean. It felt sterile. Uh, you know how like sometimes future aesthetics can be like white textures with blue lights. And that's pretty much the aesthetic they go for. Okay. I got you. It, like a doctor's office or something. Kind of like doctor's lab. office with blue neon. <laughs> okay uh and i didn't play i played about half of the tracks in that game and that's about all i can remember of it it was the the tracks weren't anything memorable the style wasn't anything memorable and the trick system thrown on top of it really just soiled the the whole game for me personally hmm. and then they released a very unfortunate game called trials of the blood dragon Ooh. which was trials mixed with far far cry 3 blood dragon if you remember that game uh that was like a dlc type game that came after far cry 3 and it was like this super irreverent like 80s sci-fi i loved that game yeah so they did that with trials And they added like on foot sections where you were just doing a side scroller and you had guns. 
and it was not trials at all. And even the actual trials stuff just didn't feel good. So it just kind of feels like a game that's lost its identity at this point, huh? It definitely has lost its identity over the years. And it's really unfortunate because it was, it was a game that for the first two really knew its identity and it knew what it wanted to be. So for it to lose its way is, is disappointing. That being said, trials rising feels like something of a return to form. Uh, something of a return to what made Trials good. And that's just fun track design with difficult trial and error events where you just need to get your motorcycle from point A to point B and you have to do it as fast as possible. Uh, I say it's a return to form, but one of the big additions they added is something they should have added a long time ago. And it's called University of Trials. And if I'm not wrong, they teamed up with uh, someone who does a YouTube series called University of Trials. All about teaching people how to become better at the Trials games. And they brought him to Red Links, which is the producer or the developer of the game. And they had him kind of build this, these tutorial levels for them to help you learn the more difficult concepts of trials. So anyone can really go through courses that are like steady hills and drops and and normal normal stuff that's not really too difficult to get over, but there comes a point in trials where the levels get so hard that you really struggle if you don't know what you're doing to get anywhere. Uh and once that happens, I kind of fell off cuz I didn't feel like dedicating the time it took to learn what the game wanted of me. But in University of Trials, after a few normal tutorial missions, they give you this level that's all about horizontal climbs and landings, or excuse me, vertical climbs and landings. So it's all about landing your bike on a very steep hill yeah, and how to balance it properly on the hill whilst getting ready to go to the next landing. Uh, and they rate it as medium. Um, the difficulty scale, but to me, it's very, it was a very, very difficult concept. Uh, so they lead you into it in such a nice and easy way. So it starts with like, here's a very little gap to, uh, kind of a shallow vertical landing. Easy, simple. You can do that pretty easily. And it starts to widen the gap and it starts to make the incline steeper and it gets a little more hard. It gets a little more difficult and they're, came a point where the gap is so wide that I thought I hit this wall where I just wouldn't be able to do it. And I really had to relearn how to play trials and what it means to like lean your rider back and forth and how it impacts the bikes. And it gets to the point where the end part of that stage is you have to jump pretty far onto a near vertical incline and then jump off of that incline onto another one, onto another one, onto another one. And I slammed my head against it for, I kid you not, an hour. And I never got bored. I never got tired. I never got frustrated. And once I did finish it, it was the most satisfying thing. One of the most satisfying things that I've probably ever done in video games. And this is just a medium event. I was so satisfied with it that I had to go ahead and put it on Twitter. 
Uh, so if you follow me on Twitter, you, you would have seen my, my feat of excellence. And that's just really what I came back to this game for is that feeling of success, that feeling of conquering something, that feeling of just getting better times and knowing and feeling yourself get better at tracks as you memorize them, as you work on them. And it's really just a beautiful game in that way. it's a far cry from the warehouse that the games used to be set in. Now you kind of go all over the world. The tracks take place in like you start in North America and then you go to Europe and it's kind of based off the themes from each area. So America has a lot of like lumber yards, national parks, uh, city environments. And then you go to Europe and it's kind of like uh, rustic Spain. There's a level based on tomatoes because Italy, I guess. <laughs> And this is where the game starts to lose its way because these events all start to pile up on each other and there's no real order that you do them in. You just do them. So it gives you 10 events and then you finish those and then you do what's called a stadium event and you move on to the next area. The problem is it adds on this thing called contracts on events that you haven't even done yet. And you have to do six backflips uh, if you want to get this sponsorship. Yeah, And it's not just about racing anymore. It's about doing backflips. And that's fine and good if I'd already done the track and this just was some extra challenge that gave me an extra award on top of what I would normally have to do, you know? So it gets a little cluttered in that area. And then my my biggest issue is the menu system is not the most intuitive. And on top of that, this game has loot boxes in it mm. to uh, to unlock character customization items in a mainly single player game where generally you're probably just going to be playing against someone else's ghost. That's and weird. We already don't like loot boxes, but we already don't that's kind like of a loot boxes in paid games. Thing, yeah. So to have it in a mainly single player game, it it's kind of off putting because every time you level up, you have to open a box and see what's inside the box. You don't have to open the box at all. But instead of like instead of getting cool clothes because you beat times or because you were good at these uh trick games that they make you do like you have to play basketball with a bike you don't get stuff for being good at that you you have to get the cool stuff just by chance and that is really disappointing and it's not what i want from trials and i can i can ignore it easy enough because i think the base game is so solid and the writing feels so good and I'm getting to this level where I'm understanding trials better. But on the other hand, I just kind of have to throw my hands up and say, why does this even matter? Because you're not playing against other people. You're not trying to show off to people. You get put with random ghosts and people you don't even know generally. Yeah. So why do I need to look cool for those random people? Just give me a normal guy and just say my name above a ghost or something. Right. And if this game lost the stuff that was not trials, 
it would be it would be honestly perfect. But they added a bunch of stuff that didn't need to be trials and they cluttered the list with almost grindy activities that you have to do that don't speak to the base game. If if it weren't for the if it weren't for the University of Trials, this would just be another go that almost felt like a free to play game. But the University of Trials is amazing and almost worth the price tag in and of itself. And I've just wanted to go back and play Trials HD and see if those concepts work in those games and honestly play the better games. Yeah. Trials HD is actually the only one I've ever played. It's amazing. Yeah, uh, that, I liked it that, a lot. That aesthetic still works and it felt cramped and congested and you felt like you were defying death. And yeah, the the later games have opened up and expanded into like open areas and higher concepts. But something about that first game just feels so raw, so real and so pure that the later games have have lost their way. Yeah. Uh, that being said, if you love trials, I, I highly recommend it, but just know going in that there's some stuff on the stuff on the, the inside. That's a little uncomfortable. So that's trials. I'm going to keep playing that. It's amazing. Yeah. With, cool. with caveats, of course. Yeah. Um, I also played the division two. Oh yeah. How was that? I didn't get a chance to play, uh, just yet, but I'm going to be playing some, uh, after we finish this. Um, the Division 2 is a lot like the Division 1 when it comes to gunplay. And yeah, we talked about that a little bit because I did get yeah. to play it. Yeah, yeah, and how it works. So this is the open beta. It's running until March 4th, I believe. Mm-hmm. And it's giving you a good chunk of content. You're getting a lot of side missions and three main missions that feel pretty good. I haven't even completed all the main missions, but I kind of just want to wait until the full game comes out to go through it because I know I'm going to buy it. So did you get to uh, try any of the in-game stuff just yet? Yeah, that's really the main reason I wanted to try out this beta because I knew I was in for Division because I, I liked the first one, so I was just going to get the second one. Yeah, But I wanted to see what their in-game looked like. And it seems like the in-game is far superior to what the base game has shown me, which is good. Yeah. Uh, that's what you want. You want the thing that's supposed to keep people coming back to be at the end and really good. So what they do that feels a little bit different than uh, other live service games, uh, not that they're the same, but like like Destiny, like Anthem, yeah, uh, like those type of games, uh, is they bring in a whole new faction at the very end. And during their like weekly resets, I assume they're going to put this new faction called Black Tusk inside of a main mission that you've already played. And it's called an invasion. Mm. So Black Tusk is far superior in firepower, far superior in tactics, uh, far superior in technology to anyone that I've seen so far, uh, just playing through some of the base content. And it really changes the game and really shows off the Ubisoft or the massive games prowess of making some really smart AI that is not content just waiting for you to pick them off. 
right and will do everything they can to push you out of cover to separate you from your teammates mm-hmm. and surprise you at every turn so i got the chance to play an invasion mission right after i played the main mission that it was based off of so me and my buddy were running through it and we're just running through the mission thinking it's the same mission again but with harder enemies and they're they're putting enemies in places that they weren't before they're putting a lot of enemies in one big spot that you just ran through before so we're just running through the hallway and we just get shot at and we turn to our right and there's a robot dog and like seven dudes just like all laying down fire uh they're throwing drones into the air that come at you and explode they have a, a like a like a tank thing that has a gun that raises and lowers so it's negating cover it sounds like you almost have to kind of relearn like or rethink how you play the game a little bit it's um, it's completely different and take this from the fact that i played base level content that ends at around level eight yeah going into a level 30 character true so you're missing a lot of a lot of learning curve in between obviously yeah but they really wanted to emphasize that black tusk is only end game faction yeah and it's it's funny because i'd actually heard uh a complaint that about um kind of about anthem that was basically like their grandmaster one two and three difficulties uh they don't make the ai any smarter they just make them bigger like more of a bullet sponge you know three thousand percent health and deal three thousand percent more damage but they act the same um and that kind of you know compared is kind of lame these enemies definitely feel smarter. Uh, the faction that I faced in the base game is called the hyenas. And they just seem to act completely on their own. They don't really communicate as a team, the hyenas. Uh, they'll have people that run at you and try and hit you. Uh, and they're just screaming the whole time. And then you just have people like shouting at you like, oh, the division agents are nothing, like, they suck, blah, blah, blah. Uh, And then when you fight Black Tusk, you can hear them communicating with each other and saying, like, I got one on my left, and he's trying to flank us from behind. And you look over, and you see your buddy who's literally trying to run up to their flank, and they're even even the call-outs that they're doing, while not adding difficulty, add flavor. Right. And And it adds the the scary fact that these people know what they're doing and you should be terrified yeah because they they will destroy you so i only played that one mission uh with the black tusk but from what i saw like that is what you are going to go play division for right and that's not even taking into account their difficulty options uh i don't quite remember how they handled difficulty in the first one I hope that they do a little more than just make bullet spongy enemies uh, because that was a complaint in the first one. And I hope they do make people smarter or add in kind of add in wrenches to the work that throw off your general flow of combat with new enemy types or whatnot. Uh, I'm really excited for the division. My friend enjoyed it a lot. I will say in the beta, 
there are a lot of audio bugs. A lot of like just losing certain spectrums of the audio scape. And you're playing on the Xbox One X, right? I'm playing on the Xbox One X. Um, See, I didn't the, experience any of that on PC when I played the the closed beta or the private yeah. beta. I, I've heard from looking at Reddit and general Twitter thoughts, uh, it's been mixed. Some people have had the problems, others haven't. My mm. friends that I was playing with uh, are playing on base Xbox Ones and they were having the problems. And it would be problems like you just hear full auto machine gun fire really loud for a minute. No one's shooting a gun. You're yeah. in like a safe zone. Yeah, that's no fun. And it's it's off-putting and you lose the ability to hear your guns. You lose the ability to hear the enemy's guns, which is a big problem because you need to know when people are shooting at you. Um so fingers crossed they get that stuff patched up. I don't Yeah. I don't know I'm, with all the games and the quality of games that are coming out right now, how much patience I will have if it's still a problem because games like Sekiro are coming out quickly after. Uh we'll talk about it later, but Destiny has announced some amazing stuff that I really want to try out. Uh it's a very competitive time for games, so if you don't launch well, it's going to be hard to keep my attention personally. Yeah. That being said, uh, I'm going to get the division to, I'm excited about it. Uh, I hope it lives up to what at least the, the final product of division one looked like, uh, because that game from what I heard ended really well and in a pretty good spot. So I hope this one can at least start at the majority of what that game ended at. I I'd probably like to play this with a mouse and keyboard. Yeah. Uh because their their shooter controls on the sticks feel a bit swimmy. Uh I haven't been able to look and see if I can tighten that up a little bit, but part of me feels like that's part of the game. The the swimminess of the of the sticks and it, it it never feels bad, but it doesn't feel like something like Halo or Call of Duty or Apex. Uh or gears to use a third person shooter. So I'm hoping that that's in there. I'd like that to tighten up and just another reason for me to get a PC, I guess. Yeah. So that's the division two. Yeah. It it looks good. I'm excited. Oh, Washington DC looks awesome. They did a great job recreating that weird mix of architecture. Yeah. I thought so too. I think it's really good. It, it looks banged up. It looks it looks disheveled and it looks really good. I was just walking down the street and there was just a couch yeah. sitting on the street. <laughs> and I've played plenty of like post-apocalypse games and I kind of like just took notice and said, Oh man, this place is messed up. There's a couch sitting on the street. Yeah. We, we really got in a bad way. We need yep. to, we need to fix this. So I think they've done a good job with their environment design. And it definitely looks to improve on the variety uh, that was lacking in division one. Cool. There was some news, um, outer worlds, which is a new game from obsidian entertainment. Uh, the guys who did uh, fallout new Vegas, um, and alpha protocol and you know, Knights of the old Republic two and a few other things, um, on steam info, uh, which is a website that seems to kind of track, uh, changes made to the steam's marketplace. Um, they, posted a release date of august 6 2019 
last week, late last week. And it then was subsequently removed like 17 hours later. Um, so there's a lot of, a lot of things swirling around about that possibly coming out in 2019. That's exciting. The game looks great. Looks like something I definitely want to play. Do you have any, uh, expanded thoughts on outer worlds and what you think that game is shaping up to be? Cause I'd like to hear them if you do. Uh, honestly, I, I don't, I don't have much. I've only seen their initial trailer and yeah. that was enough for me to be like, I almost don't even need to see anything else. I just need yeah. to play this game. I think fallout new Vegas is phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, and this is from the creators of the original fallout, obviously in fallout new Vegas. So seeing this game, announced at the game awards last year really got me excited to see what this studio is going to do. Uh, I, I couldn't be more excited. Yeah, me too. dude. It looks, it looks really good. So I'm excited about that. And hopefully that's true. And we'll see that game, uh, at the end of summer. I would love to see it at the end of summer. I'd love to see it earlier. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it'd be great. Um, uh, speaking of game announcements, there was another big game announcement two game announcements technically oh yeah uh and this one's for your switch that you just bought so you're all ready to go on pokemon sword and shield yeah Are you a pokemon, pokemon, pokemon fan um so i have never played a pokemon game oh really never oh, i this will be fun yeah but i like i started to get into it with pokemon go like pretty much everybody in the world did it felt like yeah um and so like i knew when they when i got my switch the first time uh, i knew when they relaunched like a mainline pokemon game i was like I'm, I'm gonna give this one a shot and i'm gonna see what this is all about so i'm excited i'm excited to get down to it i passed on let's go because mm-hmm. i i had heard from some folks that might not be the best first pokemon game but i've also heard from some people that maybe it would have been a good one so i don't know but I'm just going to hold out for this 8th gen Pokemon game. Um, I'm probably going to go with uh, Pokemon Sword because I'd rather rather have a sword than a shield personally. But that's just me. I personally like playing tanks in games. So I think I'm going to go for shield because it aligns with my personality. Uh, Also, Sobble is the best starter. He is a sad water lizard. And if you don't agree with me, you can go jump in a ditch and swim around for a second. That's nice of you to say, but I, um, I don't know that I've made any official decisions on, on what starter Pokemon I'll be choosing when this game comes out. I know, I know you're new to Pokemon Jordan, but part of Pokemon is as soon as they announce your starters, you have to make a very firm stance on which starter you're going to pick. And then fight everybody else who picks differently than you. You know, it's funny because I kind of remember something like that going on with the whole, uh, uh, you know, yellow and blue and red and and yeah, in uh, Pokemon Go. There's a everybody there's always very a big firm <laughs> on their on their color choices. There, there's always a big discussion as to who the starter is. Uh, this time it's a grass chimp named Grookey. Mm-hmm. Uh, fire rabbit named get this uh score bunny mm-hmm. really really uh imaginative name there and the sad water lizard sobble who will be my favorite pet mm. uh they didn't really announce much else uh this game will take place in the galler region uh 
and it seems to have this kind of industrial revolution Europe vibe. There seems to be soccer vibes, industry. It looks really cool and it looks kind of different from anything they've done before and kind of the exact opposite of Sun and Moon, which was kind of like a Hawaii type thing. So I'm very excited to play inside that or that world and experience it with my favorite water lizard, Sobble. Yeah, I'm excited to just see what it's all about. Um, so that's going to be a, a day one purchase for me. Um, yes. So we'll see that later this year, probably sometime in the fall. They said late 2019. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, other big, other big things happening in the gaming sphere. Fortnite season eight has been released. Yeah. I heard something about pirates. It's pirate themed, which pirates are cool. Uh, it's also got a volcano on the Island now. Um, as a person who never quite got into Fortnite, I think the best thing they did was always changing that map, always having interesting spots to go to. So yeah, no doubt. I always enjoy seeing how the map is changing. If even if I don't play it, mm-hmm. um, there seems to be a respawn system that they're going to implement. It was inevitable. Uh, some, I think it, I think it's a leak or a, or an asset pull like a data but mine, it seems maybe. like there is a bus type thing that looks like a respawner uh they also added in a ping system uh so clearly apex is having an impact on how fortnite is handling its business this season which i'm all for it add a ping system to every game ever yes man any I was game play- that has multiplayer or co-op add a ping <laughs> system to it i was playing division and I'm I'm in the down but not out state, so I'm just crawling around, and I'm literally like hammering the right bumper, which is the ping button in Apex, to try and say like he's over here, he's over here. Uh, it didn't ping, so I was kind of disappointed. Yeah, I've had similar moments in Anthem, man, where I'm just roaming around in free play, and all of a sudden there's an ancient Ash Titan, and I'm like, there's a Titan over here, people. Let's kill this thing, and I want to ping it, and I can't ping it. And it sucks. I think it really speaks loudly to how well the ping system is implemented in Apex that even when you are actively talking on mic with strangers or with a party, the ping system is such an efficient way to go about things. Uh, There's an enemy over here. Ping, ping, ping. Big red dot shows up. There's a gun in here. Ping it. Hey, gun over here. Like, Havoc, blah, blah, blah. I think I think that speaks loudly to how good of a system that is and how much it should be implemented into other games. I agree. I think it's great. And it really should be in every co-op game. It should. Take notes. Take notes, everyone. Call of Duty, Battlefield, everybody. Of course, Battlefield had the original, or one, had the one of the original yeah. pings. You got it's points a little for different, it. but yeah. And then, then they, they kind of took it. Yeah, they, they kind of took it away. It. Yeah. Battlefield 5 didn't really have the, the 3D marking system. Don't you have to be like the recon and have like the binocular? Something like that, man. I, I didn't. I, I play that game occasionally for fun, but like I haven't ever like gotten into it hardcore like I used to with Battlefield 3 and Battlefield 4. That's weird. So, so yeah, Fortnite Season 8, it's out. You can play it. 
Yeah. Pirates are cool. Um, we also have uh, Hitman 2 giving away a free, what they're calling a starter pack, which is the entire like New Zealand Hawks Bay um, location. You get like all the challenges, all the weapons, all the difficulties um, in progression that's available in that area, which is like, it's like kind of a slice of almost a full game in a way. Um, and that's totally free on all platforms, PC, Xbox, um, and uh, PS4. And uh, they also have this thing they call an elusive target that they do like every couple of weeks, I think. And yep. um, on March 8th to the 17th, their elusive target location will actually be the Hawks Bay. Um, oh, that's cool. Location, yeah. And so the way that works is like there's a target there. Um, you get one shot to take them out. And if they escape or catch on to you, you you're done. They're gone forever. Uh, which is pretty cool. It's a pretty cool concept. It's a, it's a really cool system. Yeah. And it's nice that they're implementing that into the level that they made free. That's a cool. Yeah. That's a cool thing to do for your community. Yeah. Give everybody a taste. Uh, I haven't been able to get into Hitman. I don't have the patience. I love Hitman. I always have, but I don't always have the time to devote to it. Um, but I really love the gameplay of Hitman. It's so much fun to me. I love stealth and I love the tactical ability that you have in those games. Um, Absolution was a fantastic game and I did not get to play like the episodic Hitman that they released. What was it? Was that last year, year before, two years ago? It's been a little while. It was uh 2016, I believe. Shoot, even longer. I didn't get to play that one, um, but Hitman 2, I think is probably going to be something I'm going to put some time into because uh, I, I really love this, the franchise. It's really good. I really enjoy watching people play the new Hitmans. Yeah. The new Hitman games. It's very funny pretty much every time something stupid happens. It's yeah. great. Uh, we also have some rumors popping up about Borderlands 3 possibly being announced at PAX East. Now, Jordan, me and you devoted some time to Borderlands 2. Yeah, we did. And I, that was like that was like the shooter that started all the looter shooters, it feels like at least. Correct me if I'm wrong. To, it seems to be the one that began the game. Yeah. <laughs> Just go to buttonkey.games and contact and let me know. Um, but I'm pretty sure, yeah, that's kind of the one that, that kind of started all this. Um and it'll be interesting to see kind of how uh a, the third installment will what it will take from the, the other uh games in that genre that have come out since then, or if it'll really take anything or just kind of be its own thing. Um, I but wonder, I wonder if they make that a live service game at this point. I don't know. It's hard to say. Cause like, I feel like, I don't know. It, it, they, they might do it. They might not. It's, I, it's, it feel like I it's a 50, see, 50 I could shot. see that going very badly. I could see that going very well. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see for sure. Um, but it's still not a sure thing. Of course. Gearbox is going to PAX East later this month, and they are promising never-before-seen reveals, exclusives, and surprises. Um, and so, you know, people are assuming that could be Borderlands 3. There was also um, a investor call with Take-Two Interactive in March 2017 where they said a highly anticipated new title from one of 2K's biggest franchises is part of its fiscal 2019 outlook. So that could still mean Bioshock or um, 
mafia or something like that, I suppose. But it could very well be Borderlands. I can't imagine it being Bioshock. I think there's been talk of a Bioshock game being in development. Has that been swirling? I just don't know how I would feel about a Bioshock without Ken Levine behind it. The the stories that he made for those games were such a driving factor into what made them classics now. The first yeah. one, at least. Uh, just going through Rapture and seeing that world in decay and falling apart and fighting the big daddies fighting the splicers there's something about that game that is just so special and they they did it so right and that story is very twisty but it it does its twist properly and it's not like oh we just smacked you out of nowhere with a twist kind of twist and I'd, I'd, it, without the story it wouldn't be the same it wouldn't be bioshock you know yeah no i agree um bioshock is a beloved franchise i i love those games but yeah i don't know um i know there are rumors of one being in development i don't know if it's official but uh it's possible that what we could see um this year from 2k could be a bioshock game but we hope that it's borderlands 3 but honestly either would be welcome there was also a story that came out of ars technica this week about well the headline says microsoft takes a big step towards putting xbox games on windows and phil spencer has made fairly strong statements to the fact that he wants to fix the windows store i can't speak to it as well as jordan can but uh jordan it sounds like the windows store is a mess right now it's bad but it's not as bad as everyone makes it out to be i don't think or maybe i've just had an okay experience with it but it's it's not good it's definitely not good um, I, I do play some games on it and it works okay. Um, I remember having trouble when the Sea of Thieves beta was out, not being able to play it at all um, because it kept saying the game wasn't available and stuff like that. But that's really the only issue I've personally had with it. Um, but its organization is a mess. It's hard to navigate and find things that you're looking for. And it's so cluttered with like a bunch of what look like mobile games. Um, yeah, it's like a store full of bejeweled <laughs> games and apps, like of every different brand. Um, so it, it's definitely not good right now and it needs a lot of work, but I definitely welcome change and improvement on that platform for sure. Cause I'd love to, cause I'd love to have a much better and more organized platform to play my Microsoft first party titles. Uh, Well, it seems like we are moving towards that future. Uh, It seems like in one of the latest uh, Windows 10 preview builds, Microsoft has been giving some instructions about installing a special edition of the, I think, the original State of Decay. And when people installed it and they kind of unpacked what it was, it turns out that the game was being delivered in a different format than usually gets delivered on the Windows Store. Uh, It was delivered in a dot xvc uh which is usually the format used for xbox one games and then they dug into some of the drivers with it and it turns out there's some xbox drivers in there very specific to what is running on the xbox so it seems like we're trying to move the xbox services onto the windows store so that you have stuff like all your friends list, all your achievements, all your yeah. all your stuff that you really want from 
your game store. Yeah, on I was. PC. I was really thinking they may even just dissolve the Microsoft Store uh, storefront on Windows 10 and just integrate everything into the Xbox app for gaming, um, which would be a, a a great thing, I think. And I know one of the big things was the the origin of the download for State of Decay was like an Xbox server, an Xbox specific download server. Yep. Um, so it was it from what it seems like this is possibly an unmodified Xbox game that is running in Windows 10. And that's an exciting thing. Uh, and that's also exciting for what maybe is the future for Xbox and letting developers have easier access to making their games more variable on the separate platform platforms yeah. Uh, yeah. when it comes to what seems to be lower end Xboxes to higher end Xboxes to PCs. Uh, so it seems like it'll be a good thing both ways. Uh, and that's exciting. Yeah. And to be able to play all Xbox games on my PC would be an amazing thing. The biggest trick, the trickiest thing I can think would be like the mouse and keyboard support, uh, specifically for older games. If they were to bring like all the older games, you know, one of the biggest requests we've had as PC gamers is we want the master chief collection on PC. Um, and as, as a huge halo fan, I want that badly. And it's possible there could be some limitation where we get those games, but they're controller only or something like that, which would kind of be a bit of a bummer, but who knows, they may have some way of emulating things or a way of adding an easy way of adding raw mouse input into these games. And that would be amazing. Well, we can assume that 343 is already working on mouse and keyboard support for Halo Infinite yeah. because Microsoft has come out and said that every game that comes out, every first party game that comes out on the Xbox will be coming to PC. So, yeah, you would make the assumption that mouse and keyboard is being built for the PC and hopefully can be maybe more easily pushed backwards to the other games in the series so you don't have to install halo 2 vista edition yeah to get your mouse and keyboard halo which sounds easy enough but unfortunately it may not be that simple it's hard to say i I say that as an as an ignorant plebeian who plays (laughs) video games and does not develop them yeah well we'll just have to wait and see what happens i mean i'm still just super excited about the possibility that you know, if these rumors of Xbox Live service integration with Switch are true, that I might actually get to play Halo Infinite on my Switch. You can play, if it's Game Pass, you can play the Master Chief Collection on your Switch. Yeah, which would be amazing. Now, I'd still rather play it on my PC, of course, but oh, yeah, to be yeah, able yeah. to have those games on the go, obviously yeah. internet would be a bit of a constraint, but, I mean, we're getting there. 5G's coming. 5G. Um, so to unfortunately move to a little bit of unfortunate news, uh, THQ Nordic had a bit of a blunder this week in that they decided that they should host and ask me anything on the infamous website, 8chan, the place where all the 4chan people that were too bad for 4chan had to move to. Yeah. Uh, 8chan has been blacklisted by Google for potential child pornography issues. Yeah. Uh, 
So you probably shouldn't host your Ask Me Anything on a site that has been blacklisted by Google. Yeah, that and they've had issues with hate speech and all kinds of other. Just, you know, it's just a place that kind of facilitates the the worst of human beings, it seems like. And that's really, I would assume, what you don't want your brand to be associated with. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you right now, Button Key Games is not going to do an Ask Me Anything on 8chan. Nope. Uh, because that's a, don't want our brand to be associated with that nonsense. So quickly after this debacle broke down, uh, the PR and marketing director, Philip Brock, came out with a quote on Twitter and said, I am terribly sorry for this short-sightedness of my decision and promise to be far more vigorous in my assessment of these activities in the future. This was not about being edgy. This blew up, and I very much regret to have done it in the first place. He also went on to say that he does not condone child pornography and racism and hatred of any kind, all the stuff you have to say after you get your company into this much hot water. Yeah. Uh, THQ Nordic, that's a, that's a boo-boo. That's a no-no. You messed up. Yeah, it kind of sounds like maybe someone didn't really know what they were doing or they just didn't think it through. Because, I mean, and think it, about why would you do that? I mean, obviously that wasn't done on purpose. And I will say it kind of sounds like one person's mistake yeah. more likely than, like, I'm not, I'm not coming out condoning everyone at THQ Nordic. That would be stupid. But this guy who is supposed to be pretty good in PR has done about the worst possible PR thing you could do. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Uh, I mean, I understand like the idea of why we might want to have a place on the internet for free speech and everything. That's what they claim they stand for and all that. But it also just attracts some of the nasty people and illegal things, unfortunately, that are also morally wrong. Very, very much morally wrong. And I think that's a pretty objective stance on that. Yeah. In a lot of ways. So we also got a new Vidoc from Bungie on a lot of, a lot of new stuff about this next season for destiny Two, uh, the season of the drifter. Yes. Uh, I haven't played destiny two probably since vanilla destiny two, but I watched this Vidoc and man, do I want to play some destiny two? Yeah. And honestly, Forsaken is really good and you should probably play that too. Cause it's actually yeah. pretty great. Um, I've played a lot of destiny two. I've kind of put it down in the past few months. Um, because there just comes a point where I feel like I've had enough, but, this stuff looks great. They announced a new um, kind of gameplay loop with Gambit Prime, uh, yep. which will be a one-round Gambit match that is going to be significantly more difficult than regular Gambit. Um, it will have a lot of new mechanics. I know they said one thing, you can drain moats from the enemy team. They didn't really elaborate on how some of this stuff works they just kind of set it but i know that it's going to have a lot more of a team focused mechanic that'll kind of they kind of even compared it to more like a raid where you kind of got to work as a team to make things work um or to make things happen they also have um more defined roles so you have the reaper collector sentry and invader the reaper is uh, meant to focus on ads the collector is meant to focus on collecting moats the sentry is meant to focus on blockers and the primeval and the invader is meant to focus on invading the other team. 
Um, and those are all, all those roles are based on armor sets that you collect doing the reckoning. And the way they said this works is basically you'll play one match of Gambit Prime, and after your first match, the reckoning will unlock. And then you'll basically be teleported to what they're calling the Plains of Nine. And it's like a PvE, super chaotic, incredibly difficult. They even compared it to the Crota raid from Destiny 1, um, where there's enemies coming at you from all directions, just total chaos. Um, it's going to have a timer countdown, and apparently there are three tiers, um, is what they're saying. It's, I don't know if that's like you're going to hit all three tiers in one reckoning run, or if it's like you got to keep going back for the higher tiers. I don't really know how that all works yet. Uh, when um, they released their roadmap for Season of the Drifter, it said that all the tiers won't be there immediately. It'll be like tier one is week one, tier two comes out a week after, and so on okay. and so forth. Okay. Um, but like the reckoning is how you get the armor pieces yep. um, for those roles in Gambit Prime. So and you those have to armor kinda... pieces look so sexy. It does. The armor looks sick. It's like a glowing snake decal on all the pieces, which is kind of like the Drifters brand, uh, if you will. And they, they're kind of color-coded to the roles that you have. Um, like they said, the red one was the invader. Um, they didn't really break down the others, but I'm sure I could figure it out if I just watched the trailer a little more closely or the Vidoc a little more closely. Um, but it looks really cool. And those armor sets from what they were talking seemed like they had abilities that would help you in the role that you were trying to play. Yeah. So the roles, when you have the armor sets on, they give you perks. They did not specify what these perks are or what they do, but they're going to be specific perks that help with your role. Uh, And that just sounds really cool. It sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun and grinding for those armor pieces. I hope isn't too terrible, but at the same time, I'm also curious, is it just one armor set or is there like two or three Reaper armor sets or collector armor sets? I don't know. I'm just, they didn't really specify. they will release more over time, if not at the beginning. Yeah. And they'll probably have different perks that kind of change the gameplay style of the Reaper, even though he's still going to be focused on ads. Um, So I'm just curious to see how that all breaks down. It sounds really cool. They also made some changes just to regular Gambit. Um, One of the, I think the biggest one really was like the third round. Um, It just is a sudden death primeval fight rather than having to go through all the the waves of enemies first yeah um just to try and speed those up but gambit prime gambit prime looks cool and i'm excited to jump in and try it out march 5th not too far out i do believe you need to have the season pass um or the annual pass to play that um i have not gotten it yet because black armory was around the time i was starting to kind of fade out on destiny but i'll have to pick it up so that i can play this because it looks great uh, they also address some issues that people have with Black Armory with not being able to play the content that was released because you had to grind the old content to get to the new content. Mm. And it seems like they are releasing new bounties that will help you get the gear you need to play Gambit Prime. Yeah, and I saw that. Get into all of the good in game stuff that you want to get into. And that, more than anything, made me want to play Destiny 2. And seeing them talk, the the developers and the Vidoc, there just seemed to be a joy about making Destiny that I hadn't seen in a while. And I could be I could be putting this on because they're like not with Activision anymore. But the way they talked, 
made it seem like they were finally able to do game or finally able to do destiny their way. Yeah. And release content for seasons their way as in like almost like trickling content out over time instead of like just putting out one lackluster lump sum in the beginning, not being able to tune it beforehand and then just being stuck with those initial results. Yeah. It's I'm just, I'm excited for it, man. I know one of the guys even said, um, even said in there that they quote unquote, we're starting to figure out what the roadmap for a bungee control destiny looks like. And hearing that out of context isn't as amazing, but like when you're watching this Vidoc and you're seeing all this stuff and you're like, man, this is like, these are big changes. And this like feels like a wave of something that's going to kind of change the direction of this game. It almost feels like. And so once you're seeing all this and you're like, and you hear him say that it's just like, Oh dude, yeah, this is going to be, this is going to be really good. And there's some really good stuff in store for destiny Two, And I'm excited to see what that becomes. It kind of makes you wonder if destiny three is even on the horizon. Yeah. I don't know. Because I mean, Warframe turned their ship around, uh, and turned that game into something that people love. Oh, I love that game. And people already like destiny a lot. Are they able or Jordan, do you think they would be able to drag people back into destiny that kind of fell away, not because of the gameplay loop, but because of the content and the way it was being fed to them? Well, I'll say this, this Vidoc and the content that they're adding now is a good start. Yeah, I agree. Uh, There's just something about it that feels, it feels passionate and it feels intentional. Yeah. And uh, they also they also mentioned some new crucible guns and some new events coming up um, and stuff like that. So, I mean, there's just it, it looks like they're doing a lot of new stuff that's looking really good. They even in there mentioned a se- that, you know, what that they're already working on the season after the yep. season of the Drifter. And I don't know. I'm excited. I'm very curious to see what comes of this. I've, I'm, I'm probably going to buy Destiny 2 again. Yeah. Because I don't have it on my Xbox. I have that on my PlayStation. Yeah. And then I'll drag my friends along kicking and screaming. That's all you got to do. Yeah. That's generally how I go about life. So, uh, so how was that beer? Uh, like we said last week, the devil's backbone, the lager is always a classic, always crisp, always enjoyable. Heck yeah, uh, yeah. very much, a very much a go-to beer for when I'm just, at the store and I need to pick up something. Uh, some would say the Budweiser of a craft beer fan. I don't know if that makes that good or bad, but (laughs) that's what I feel about. It's just a good, you know what I'm saying? It's just a good go-to. Yep. It's good. I like it. I like it a lot. So would you recommend it? The Vienna lager? Yeah. Heck yeah. I'd recommend it. I just did. That's my high, my highest possible recommendation I could give for a beer. There it is. Drink it. That's my highest recommendation on oh. my rating scale. Oh, I will. Uh, and you also had your IPA from O'Connor. Yeah, I did. Would you? Would you? Would you think over there? You sound a little trepidatious. It was, uh, man. IPAs just aren't my thing. Oh no. They just aren't. I I don't hate it. I don't hate it. It's just. I don't know. 
it's, it's okay. I'm not a I'm not a snob. You don't gotta like what I like. I don't gotta like what you like. You know. I, I don't dislike IPAs, and and this was not bad. It's pretty good, if, you know, compared to other IPAs that I've had. I like it. Um, but you wouldn't but, go out of your way. No, I just saw it and thought, hey, let me try that. You know, yeah. and um, it's it's not bad. It has kind of some some citrus earthy notes to it yep, and yep. it's it's pretty good um but i'm just i'm just not a big ipa guy so i personally probably wouldn't recommend it unless you love ipas which i do so sounds like a recommendation to me there you go well i think that wraps it up for this week be sure to follow us on twitter at button key games and uh, at jordan button key at evan button key for our personal twitter accounts and uh also, be sure to submit your questions on buttonkey.games. Click on the contact form um, and send us some questions, and we might be able to read them on the show. Also, if there's anything we said incorrectly um, and you feel the need to correct us on it, go ahead and submit that there as well, um, and we'll take a look at it, and we greatly appreciate it. And as always, thank you so much for spending the time to listen to what we have to say, and uh, we'll see you next week.